Hi, welcome to Thrive with Nancy. I so appreciate you coming back. And I want to talk to you about something really important, and yet it's a small thing that can make or break a career. What is the topic? It's words. Little tiny words, the choices, the timing, and the pitch. It's no small matter in your career. We'll be talking about the impact your choices of words have. And if you're looking to up the ante on your career as you move higher in the organization, this is one of the first places you want to start. Or if you're currently not achieving the career success you believe should be yours. This podcast came to me as I was driving up and up a mountain in Colorado to visit a friend who I'd never seen before at their new house. I had GPS all lined up and my navigation system on my phone was going, you go this way on Route County 115 and you go this way and this way and this way. And I was feeling confident because I was making ground and I knew I was really close to where I was supposed to be until I lost the signal. Yeah, no signal, no GPS. You're deader than a doornail unless you have clarity in the new territory where you want to knock on new doors that have never been opened to you before. You know, this is very similar to your rise to the top. Early, there's a lot of phone service, so you're able to get all of the info from your GPS, how to get there, and you're making success after success after success. And yet, once you move to the top, the signal is not what it used to be. And the only way I found my friend on top of that mountain was because I found someone who lived up there and could point me in the right direction. And that's what I want to do for you. I want to be that person that reaches into your career and helps you move in the right direction. And I got to tell you, Words are one of the big things that sound small, but have a big impact on whether you stay in low-level management or you rise to the top, contributing fully with all your gifts and all your talents and all your abilities. You know, what I want you to understand is just like on that GPS trip I was taking, one small turn that didn't seem to take me off track, one decision I made without cell service, that I thought was going to take me to the home I was going to, actually took me off track. And as I told you, someone saved the day for me. And let's get into this saving the day for you. First, let's start with words. Some of you may have heard this before. Some of you may have your back going up, you know, the hair on the back of your neck going up, because you're like, whoa, wait a minute. Why do I have to look at the words I'm using? And instead of listening to this podcast with the ears and the thought process of who you are right now, can you close your eyes for a moment and settle yourself into you're the CEO of a company and you're observing your actions from a CEO's point of view? I think you're going to get a lot more clarity than if you sit tight in your own viewpoint and go, what's wrong with that? What's wrong with that? Which I have to tell you, 
I did for years, which is what slowed my process down. And I don't want you to be slowed down. So let's look at words. I'll try. How does that sound? You're going, well, so I will try. Someone gives me an assignment and I'll try. I'm speaking truthfully. Instead, start saying words like I intend or I will or better yet, I can. I wish I could remember which talk show it was. I remember listening to Antonio Banderas speaking about his conversation with a director to get the lead role in his first big Hollywood movie. There was a small problem. He couldn't speak English, and yet the role required that he spoke English. So every time there was a question asked of him, because you know a question goes on an uplift, he said, of course I can. Of course I can. Of course I can. And of course, Antonio Banderas had no concept of what his of course I can was promising the director. But the director liked it and hired him. Banderas's confidence in himself led to the starring role in The Mambo Kings, where he kept his promise by phonetically learning each line of the dialogue. What are you not getting the starring role in where you could figure out a way to make it happen? So, of course I can creates confidence. From your CEO position, imagine someone saying, oh, I'll try. Or hearing someone say, of course I can. I intend to make that happen. I will. Do you hear the shift? Okay, let's go on to another word. I told you this is small, and yet it's incredibly important to you. How about I mean? You know, in sentences like, I mean, what do you really want me to do? I mean, what should I be doing for this project? I mean, what's my role in this project? Can you hear how you're discrediting yourself as a high-level, high-impact, high-potential executive when you say that. Completely turn it around. Make yourself more professional, more confident, more mature as an executive by taking the I mean out and really saying what you mean. How about I'm sorry? Doesn't sound like much because, of course, if you do something wrong, you want to stand up and take responsibility for it. But from your CEO eyes and ears and listening, go back in your conversations the last week and think about how many times you said, I'm sorry, as you brushed against someone in the hallway or as you walked into your boss's office. Just think of all the I'm sorry's. Are they truly I'm sorry, or are those two words a throwaway for you to look good in everyone's eyes? I'm sorry all the time deafens the male executive's ears to you. They don't like to hear it. What they're saying to me is, excuse me, what's she sorry for? She didn't do anything wrong. The project went down the tubes because our vendor didn't provide what needs to happen. She had no responsibility for that. So use 
I'm sorry, when it truly is going to make a difference and is standing on a firm foundation instead of using it as a cop-out to denude your power in front of others. Or how about the word just? Like, I want you to know that Grammarly, that online correction for your vocabulary and your spelling and your punctuation, is after me all the time. You all know that I write blogs, not only just doing podcasts. I've written books, and I'm very proud of it. And yet, had it not been for Grammarly, there would have been a heck of a lot more just in my paragraphs and my sentences. Just takes you down a notch. I just came in at the last minute and saved the day. How about I came in at the last minute and was able to save the day? Just is taking dabs, little dabs, out of what you did to make it smaller and flatter and less in a marketplace that's looking for more. You all know that I lead Thrive at Work Mastermind Program, and it's a bunch of really talented, terrific, exceptional women And it is a blast the first Wednesday of every month because we dig and drill down into topics so that each of us can be better that month than we were the month before. And there's been a ton of promotions and a ton of additional responsibilities and a ton of bosses saying, I don't know, but something different about you since you started that program. And one of the things I want you to know is that I hammer, hammer, hammer in a loving way, I don't actually carry a hammer, but in a loving way, when someone says, well, I'll try that out, Nancy. And I, you know, go, warm. What do you mean, try? Is that what you mean, try? Like, I'll give it a half effort? Or, oh, in case I fail, I want to have an out because I only said, I'll try? What do you truly want to say in this moment? So again, I want you to rise high into the CEO's vision and ears and listening. If you have someone, oh, let's pretend there's more than someone. If you have two people and you're talking to them about a huge project that's going to bring in profit galore if it's run correctly and in a process timely fashion, and one is saying, oh, I'll try to do a good job on that. Or someone says, I can do a good job on that. Which one's going to get the assignment? Which one as CEO are you giving the assignment to? So moving forward, listen with a sensitive ear. Listen to the things you're doing unconsciously that are undermining all of your education and all of your years of experience and all of the efforts you put in to showing the world what a powerful, competent woman you are. Your I'm sorry's and just and I mean and I'll try are all undermining all your efforts. Now, you may be pushing back because I love, love people who are listening to me to push back. And you're saying to yourself, "Uh uh-huh. I hear men using these same words all the time. I'd like to challenge you on that just a bit because I too hear men saying those same things. Typically, the men I hear it coming from will never, ever be top leaders in an organization. I rarely hear men at the top saying those words. However, I want you to be aware of something. 
You know, there's a double standard when it comes for women. What is said by a man is often accepted, whereas when it comes out of a woman's mouth, it isn't. Now, let's look at tonality. And honestly, I'm fine if you want to go through life using a neutral tonality, but I want you to be strategic in what you're doing. There's a continuum in what's acceptable and what will work in one situation and what will work in another situation. So if you're speaking neutrally, it's fine. If you're someone who doesn't own the process, it's fine to speak neutrally if you're speaking into an already solid process or way of being in the organization. And you kind of want to do a water drop just to have them thinking, but not to gang up against you. It's fine on that continuum. However, if you own the project, if you're the leader of the project, if you're in a collaborative group as a particular individual expert, and if you don't use the tonality of conviction and expertise and leadership, first of all, you're not doing what the organization wants you to do in that collaborative or in that positional role. And secondly, it's very difficult for me to see that you're going to get anything moved through the organization when you speak neutrally and passively and without any conviction in your tonality. The other side that I'd like you to look at of the continuum is how much do you speak? Are you speaking too much or are you speaking too little? I can remember years ago coaching a really, really high, high level woman who was responsible for huge profitability in the organization. And yet it was difficult for her to get anything through in meetings. And when I talked to her about her behavior, she often pushed too hard. What I mean by that is she'd present an idea and then when it got rejected, she would present the same idea in the same meeting the same way again. And she would do it again and she would do it again. And she had to have a little note in front of her saying, present once. There's two realities in there. If you get too aggressive in your presentation, you create a force against you. So that's not the correct way of presenting. And we'll talk about that more in later podcasts. However, the big issue, and I've mentioned this in another podcast, you have to understand that often the big decisions aren't made in the meeting. They're made behind the scenes. So what I want you to be thinking about is being receiver-centric on the continuum, meaning who am I speaking to? How do they need to hear this? And also, what's my role? Before you go into any major role or any major discussion with leaders, you need to be very clear about, am I coming in where they want to hear from an expert? Are they coming in where I'm to produce the material, but they're not looking for my ideas, but I could perhaps water drop? Do you see what I'm saying? What's your role when you go in? Who do you want to be in that role? And the other thing I want to talk to you about words is that the usage of your words is really, really critical. I was blessed early in my career because I was curious about words. Number one, I moved 
from junior high to senior high eight times. So my grammar and punctuation were really not well developed. And as I went into the business world and I felt less than I should for the positions I held. And so I started listening back in those days to tape decks of vocabulary builders. And before doing this podcast, I went online and there's a ton of vocabulary builders out there where you could listen to them and download them and start becoming more confident that you have a language that's broader in nature than what you came to the table with. And the other kind of tip that I want to give you so that you can gain your strategic edge in words, timing, tonality, and pitch. You like the choices that you make. So what is that practice? The other practice other than vocabulary building? I used to practice like crazy. Yes, again, back in the days when we had little tape recorders. And I would be thinking about a presentation that I had or a big meeting with a top honcho at the company or a new client coming in and how I wanted to be. All of those, who do you want to be? What role do I have conversations? And I literally would practice them as I was going into work on a tape recorder. And then I'd catch myself as I was recording sentences, sentences, sentences in answer to response or asking questions, recording, recording. If I didn't like the first sentence, Okay, so you're going to laugh at me, but try it out. It really works. I think it rewires your brain. I used to go, yada, 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 pretending like I was rewinding the recorder. I know, I sound crazy. And then I would try again, another sentence. And sometimes I didn't like that sentence. And I would go, yada, 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 and rewind. And I giggled every time. So it's kind of a fun game. But what it was telling the brain was, hey, I didn't like the way I said that. Let's try this. Let's try this. Ooh, that's good. Let me cement that sentence. That's great. Now, what I want you to hear is rarely, if ever, did I say the sentence exactly like I practiced. But what was amazing to me is that when I went into the room, I was a step higher in who I be than I was before I practiced. I also went into rooms and owned the room. I think sometimes we get intimidated when we're in conference rooms or when we're going to visit the big boss. And I would, hopefully no one noticed, or maybe they thought it was a quirk of mine, I kind of tapped the door frame when I went in, which is like, hey, I'm here. This is me. I own this room. They're going to hear me. It was that kind of conviction that I was putting in my heart. And that's the kind of foundation that I worked from. So I want you to think about the words you're using. Is it time to expand your vocabulary and practice that? I want you to think about how you present yourself sentence by sentence on the big meeting where it's going to change your career. And hear how that CEO that you're pretending to be is listening to you. And I want you to get your strategic edge with confidence forevermore. I want you to be in integrity with who you are. And I want you to have a conversation about who that is. Don't just show up. Please, 
reach out, ask me for topics that you're interested in. If you feel that this is an area that you'd like to boost up in your own career, hey, sign up for a free discovery call with me at thrivewithnancy.com forward slash A-P-P-T forward slash or look at some of the other resources that I have on thriveatnancy.com. I would love for you to become part of the community. It's dynamic and big things are happening. I'm thrilled you've listened to the Thrive with Nancy podcast. My intention is to offer quick tips designed for you to apply right away, ones that will boost your career immediately. I bet you're already considering ways to implement these new ideas. Perfect. Now, if you do me a favor, pass the podcast link on to those who will benefit, your friends and co-workers. Thanks so much.